kicks it out towards the big ruck. When Thomas was in the front spot that time, ball hits the deck, handball over the top. Martin, he couldn't quite trap it, but had the skill to go after it again. Make that three. Make that three, you little beauty. He's a superstar, Cole Martin. And he slammed through his first on the bending over. his grass. Who's going to claim the ball? It's just falling out of hand. Now, can we have a shot at goal? It's against Spice. It's Spice. He's picked it up and he's just put it on the left. And the big ball. Mulgrave and Templestowe battle it out in a classic Division 2 8 points out. Fair Park hosts Whitehorse in a big banana skin for the unlucky Pioneers. Plus, Montrose can close in on the top five with a win over Mitcham, and North Ring would have a big chance of breaking their duck against Vermont. It's the Deakin University weekend forecast. I'm Matthew Frodo. Joining me today, Matt Spiderley, Josh Ward, and Tonsil's Blake Tennant. Uh, we'll start with you, Blake, mate. Exciting week for you. You, you. I just heard you before. I just sort of wandered past Josh as you two were just sort of conversing. And apparently Blake has gone up to Gary Ayres, a man who's coached well over, I'd say, a 1,000 games of football at VFL and AFL level. He's won Norm Smiths, hasn't he, Spido? He's won Norm Smith, didn't he? He's won two Norm Smiths. And Blake Tennant, Blake Tennant, who's played, what, a handful of under-19 games for Montrose, has gone up and said, you do know this is the biggest game of the year. Blake, explain yourself. Yeah, uh, welcome again uh, to all viewers. Yes, it is the most important game for Montrose, okay? And you're trying to tell me Gary Ayres was not across it. He he, he was questionable. He was actually asking me, how's this uh, about? But, no. I'll tell you um, now, it's pretty much it. So if we win this week, Montrose. Well, we're going to get to it, mate. Yeah. So don't, don't, yeah, don't I'll, I'll go on with my maths, mate. I've yeah. done the maths. Don't okay. stress about yep. it. Yep. Spider, big weekend for your East Build Rams. I take on South Belgrave in our Eastland match of the round tomorrow. You're yeah, looking forward to it, mate. It's uh, promising to shape up as a really important game for both clubs. I mean, South Belgrave have had a couple of defeats now to the same opposition in Mulgrave and East Build. Probably haven't been at their best over the last uh, month or so. They've had some up and down fluctuation in form. Got over the line in some games. Had some uh, disappointing patches in games in others. Lost to Baronia in their last home game. So real true test for where they're at going into a real important month for them uh, in the run to the finals. Absolutely. And uh, Josh Ward, it's a, not quite a big a week for your Surrey Park uh, lads, but an exciting round um, across mm. the division, especially in Division 3 where there's a, a, another big one, as I mentioned there, a banana skin for Whitehorse. Yeah, and I'd say the same for, for Surrey Park, actually, you know, out of Pink's Reserve. They they lost their last time around against the kill side. That, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later on. It, it has the potential to be a banana skin for the Panthers. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's jump into things then. We'll start, as I mentioned off the top, with Mulgrave and Templestowe, Division 2 Spider, so somewhat your domain. Um, to both sides got surprise wins last week, um, you know, against South Belgrave and Ringwood. So obviously Templestowe, we spoke to Anthony McGregor on the Monday recovery. You know, they did really well to to stop Ringwood's ball movement. They'd sort of clocked the way that the, the Redbacks like to do it, how they, how they like to get it to the outside. And then Mulgrave made it two wins out of two against South Belgrave. Grave and from all reports, they've also sort of was probably a bit of a coaching win rather than a personnel win. Um, I think Templestowe probably snuck up on everyone a little bit though, Spider, haven't they? Because with Mulgrave's five game run in the middle sort of meant we were, they were at the forefront of our mind. We were really excited about them emerging as a finals contender for the first time in a while. But the Dockers have, you know, they've beaten Baronia at Baronia. They beat the Basin before the turn. They've now beaten Ringwood. And really, some people would argue if it wasn't for, a, a, the, if the siren was uh, pushed half a second earlier against East Bill, they could have beaten them as well. Well, they could have. Look, their, their past month uh, has been 
pretty good, you know, when you consider all things. And they'd be a lot happier than what they were, you know, eight or nine weeks ago when they were just going as a team and, and probably not delivering on what they hoped at, you know, at that point in time. But I think their form over that last month have certainly stepped it up in intensity. Uh, their football is really, you know, they're starting to, to show that uh, belief that we uh, we actually thought at the start of the year where we were, the expectation of, of what they were. But I think the one thing when you look at their trademark from last week – was when you look at that Ringwood Templestowe game, it's not too dissimilar to the Ringwood East Burwood game when you consider what happened with the weather conditions. We had that breeze um, in both those games, uh, favourable, uh, but then being able to, to close games out and then hold the other team out. Oh, but both those games Ringwood lost, and, and both those lost. games they finished with the breeze. So obviously Templestowe. Did really, really well. And we yeah, spoke so to Anthony there's McGregor. A, there's a bit of a distinction there too. So I think from that point of view, you've got to hand it to the way that Temple State played. Ring would be disappointed to lose another game at home, which is uh, not ideal for them. Certainly puts them under a little bit of pressure if they want to you know, cement that second spot. So, look, it's shaping it's shaping up for, for Temple State. It was a big game against Mulgrave who, look, let's be honest, uh, yeah, we, we've, had, we've believed in them for a lot of – part of the year. They've had some peaks and troughs. Uh, they've, they've, they've fluctuated at times and we really questioned, oh, okay, even against Heathman a few weeks ago. Geez, this team uh, going to play a part in the finals or are they going to just miss out and, uh, you know, is their year just going to peter out and, you know, not going to really fulfil their you know, their ability. But I think uh, when this when this one to tip is going to be just a real arm wrestle the whole way through. Mulgrave certainly have the capacity, you know, to, to play four quarters. They've got the they've got the players. We know, you know, Davidson's been playing well. We know Booth plays well as a course. They've got the names. They've they've got the players that have been playing consistently well, you know, for the majority of the year. But it's the it's the Temple Stowe guys just over the last few weeks. Fogarty, who's been a, a real interesting point. He's taken to his football to another level. You know, getting Cloak back into the team, that's certainly straightened them up in some areas. So, you know, Batsanis playing a little bit better than what he did at the, you know, this point in time a few weeks ago. So, I think for Temple, so there's a lot of upside to them. And I reckon this could go right down to the wire uh, tomorrow afternoon, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. They've. Let's talk about Mulgrave, though, for a little bit, Josh. So they started the year with an 0-3 start, then five wins, and then five losses. And we saw them at Heathmont. They looked pretty poor, to be honest. They they didn't really get much flow in their game. They, they kicked a couple of goals out the back and then and then won right at the end. Um, but then uh, a, a really big win over South Borough. So they're second of the year, as I mentioned. Um, and from all reports, they put a lot of numbers around the footy and just didn't let... South Belgrave get any speed on the footy, which meant that as good as your forward line in, if it is, if it doesn't get down there with some some fluidity, you, you, you're not really going to find it very easy. So, mm. Templestar are also pretty attacking and have Cameron Cloak down there. So, yeah. do you think Mulrave will go with that plan again? I think so. You, you think so, especially with the the other attacking options Templestar do have. You know, they can throw Matthew Zukowitz up forward as as Anthony McGregor mentioned in our chat. On Matt Nagel's kicked a lot of goals this year. Matt Nagel, yeah. Michael Fogarty has kicked goals from midfield as well. They've got plenty of scoring options. But, yeah, I think if you're Mulgrave, you have to. And if you are them as well, you're going to have to tag Michael Fogarty as well because he's just been absolutely remarkable this year, consistently named in the best. He's, In fact, he's been named in the best 11 out of 14 times this season as well. Well, he so. was sort of a player that um, went under the radar a little bit at Doncaster. Wasn't he spotty? Yeah, you know, he with, with Anarchus and 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 the like running around, it was pretty easy to forget the work he did. And and he's probably, um, 
you know, now that he's slightly down the divisions and playing with less stars around him, he's really stood up and well, become he, the shining light. Well, he does. He stands out in this team and a lot more, and he's been a real good pick-up for them, and it's a bit of a loss for, for Doncaster because uh, you know, he'd be very handy for them at this point in time. But on this game, um, yeah, when you look at it, Josh, as well, yeah, you look at Mulgrave, what they did last mm-hmm. week, and they've been able to do it twice. So... It's no fluke what they did against South Belgrave. They've, you know, they've replicated it on both occasions. So they would be going with really good confidence about the way they play their football at the moment, knowing that okay, we beat, we beat a team, a quality team in South Belgrave, and coming up against a, team, a Templestowe team that is desperate to keep their season alive. So it's going to have to, you know, be a four quarter effort. They can't leave and undo all that work from last week. Uh, yeah, can't undo that from last week. Yeah, and I'm very concerned. They might not that that game against South Belgrave might have expended the the energy that they had because you know as Matt said they they looked a bit sluggish and I've only seen bits of this game but they looked a bit sluggish against Teethmont out at H A Park I think the scoreboard uh, scoreline would have flattered them as well so yeah it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can put together a four quarter performance. Absolutely. Blake, any thoughts on this one, mate? You've been uncharacteristically quiet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I think this game would uh, definitely be, as uh, Spider touched on, this might go down to the wire. Uh, we touched on a lot about Cameron Cloak. Um, he didn't play last time that met, obviously, but I think he can be the real factor. And we, as well, we touched on with Fogarty as well, how much his influence is and how much he, you know, he wins the ball a lot. You can tell definitely he's been in the best. Like, you know, he's definitely been good. But Mulgrave, as we touched on, they were pretty, they were pretty average, you would say, against Heathmont um, when we played. Yeah, that's, that's a nice yeah. way of putting it. Yeah. Their, their midfield would be Mulgrave's strength, but yep. you look at Templestowe, you got – so their starting three on ballers will be Fogarty, Nick Batsanis, and Toby Ryan. So Toby Ryan and Mick Fogarty uh, have got, you know, countless experience at the top level of the Eastern Football well, League. And Nick, and, Nick, that's what I mean. and Nick Batsanis is, you know, one of Doncaster's greats. He's a, he's a superstar footballer. And then you've got Max Otten. Um, at centre half back, Jai Harbwick in the four pocket, Cam Cloak back in the side, Nagel kicking goals. So Templestone, and we said this at the start of the year, didn't we, Spider? That their their best twenty two was going to actually be good enough. It was their depth that would test them, and they did have a lot of injuries, especially the Harbwick and, and Cloak earlier on in the year. So given given that their twenty two is back to almost full strength, and their final month, whilst they don't have any easy games, they do have four games. They've got Baron- obviously Mulgrave, they've got Baronia, the Basin, and then finish with, I can't remember off the top of my head, <laughs> the other team might be Heathmont. So they've got four games. It's completely in their control because if they win all four, not only will they get to the, the points total, I think it would make them the, uh, 40 points. They'd also mm-hmm. take wins off those four teams chasing them. So it's all set up for them. Yeah, look, it's in their, own, in their own hands, that's for sure. And, look, they're the only ones that can control it now and they don't have to rely on anyone else. It's their own doing. And if they don't make it, well, it's their own fault. So I think when you have a look at it, I'm probably leaning to I'm probably leaning towards Mulgrove just... It is it is at Wellington. And that's, um, that's the reason, just yeah. because it's at home. If this game was at Templestowe, I would probably go the other way. I'd, I've just got a bit of a feeling at home... That counts for something a little bit more, I think, with conditions, uh, use use of the ball, uh, being able to, uh, you know, be able to play that defensive side of the ground, that that defensive element of your game. I, I just feel that Mulgrave might be able to, you know, use a few things that they've done over the last couple of weeks uh, to their advantage, and they might just get over the line. Absolutely, uh, 
Blake, what about your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I'm actually going to disagree. Sorry, Spot. I think Templestowe, just with the firepower in the midfield that they've got as well, and uh, Fogarty and Cloak, I think uh, it would definitely be a one goal. I reckon one goal, two uh, max. So this game will probably be going down to the wire, and it could show the final uh, as well to see uh, which team wants it more. Because, yeah, I reckon this game could be... One of the best, you would say. Mini elimination final again. Quasi, use the word quasi. I've been running with it all year, Josh. Come on. <laughs> all right, quasi elimination final. Go. Then have to um, roll with these tomorrow, mate. <sighs> anyway, anyway, um, yeah. Whoever loses here, I, I I'm writing them off for finals because it. it oh, both sides have hard. They're mathematically a chance, but they both have. I'd, I'd, hard but I'd, don't think they do. So I, I think if Templestowe lose, it would be harder for them because they've still got to play Baroni at the base and, and Heathmont. But Mulgrave has still got to play Oakley and Knox. Yeah, I agree. And so too. do Heathmont. So both those sides, when we talk about the, the run home, and I think we spoke about it a lot on the Monday recovery yeah. and wrote about it this week in In and Under, that they've actually, Heathmont and Mulgrave have the advantage of playing Oakley District and Knox in their last four. The base and have the advantage of the draw. And yep. they'll play Oakley this week and, you know, on paper are probably the best team. So Templestowe, it's a weird one because if they do get on a winning run, it's a much more advantageous draw because they can take points off their opponents. Yeah. But they don't have the advantage of playing the bottom two sides. So it's a, a weird conundrum. So I think if Mulgrave lose, there's still a chance because they'll get, they should get two wins. Yeah. Um, before they play, uh, I think it's the Basin in the last round. Um, but if Templestowe lose, no, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's what's well, not over, but it's harder because Look the quality because the quality yeah. of the sides they play. Um, Mulgrave at home. I think I've spoken. We're speaking a lot about Templestowe because they've emerged in the last two yeah. weeks. Um, probably on star power they have it, but on at home Mulgrave have been quite good. They did win the game earlier in the year. I think I'll have to go Mulgrave. I, I'm going to back Templestowe. I just I think they've got a little too much star power. Mulgrave. No disrespect to them. They're, they're a great side and they do play Wellington Reserve well, but I just think Templestowe have been the better of the two two sides in recent weeks. You know, pushing East Burwood, winning against Ringwood, all of these sides, top, top sides in Division 2. And, you know, again, I think getting the win over Baronia as well. So I, I'm backing the Dockers to get the win here. I think it's going to be single digits as well. Well, South Belgrave will be back in the Dockers too because they uh, they don't want Mulgrave to make the five. Yeah, they're um, getting a bit nervous, aren't they? Well, <laughs> and, and, as I said on the recovery, if Mulgrave don't make it, if Ryan Webster's a smart man, he'll be offering his services for a little bit on the side if teams have got room in the soft cap because if you're Ringwood or East Burwood and you can't knock him off, you want to be asking the question, surely. He's definitely making the phone call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got the he's got the lock in there, the key in the lock, sorry. Uh, as I mentioned, the base and play Oakley District. So it'll be another win for the Bears who who need to use this. Not only, percentage is irrelevant for them at the moment because of the draw, Blake. But they need to use it, much like your Montrose, the Tros when we get to them. But they need to, they need something to click because all year yeah. they haven't been able to get any consistency to their football. So they need to start clicking and what better opportunity than against um, this Oakley side yeah. at the Basin. Yeah, definitely. I think me and Josh touched on it the, uh, the other day in our, our other podcast that we run. Uh, we don't really like saying it, but percentage is massive in like for this game. Comp- Not for no, the Basin, though. They've yeah, got a draw. Oakley, mm. yeah. So for Oakley, like to beat Oakley, it's a um, pre, you would say, no, it's a win, but I'm saying the yeah. Basin don't need percentage because yeah. they've got the draw. Yeah, so um, yeah, but they need, but yeah. they need to find form. You never know; yeah. they might need percentage. They might have another. Yeah. Draw. Well, you reckon there's another yeah. draw? Maybe Templestone <laughs> Mulgrave will draw Josh. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. So but, if if there is a draw brewing out at uh, Wellington, then the Basin will start piling them yeah. on. But I think it, it, it's also good just to get you know to, to get the players back into 
more consistency, momentum is a massive thing in footy as we talk about. So it'll be good for the base and the knockoff Oakley and then worry about the next couple of weeks that they've got for, for finals competing well, I think as they've well. got so. East Burwood the week after, is it Spider? Yeah, well, East Burwood and, yeah. and then they'll have um, a, a game. Uh, I think they'll have... Not Baronia. They'll, they will play East Bell or Temple Store and Mulgrave. There you go, East Bell. So, so they've got their last three are tricky, so they yeah, need, to, yeah. need to get this, some form. Yeah, this game could be like a, a true danger game, you would say, if they can just win. And then, well, not danger yeah. game, but they yeah. need to find you some form. You get what form. I mean. You get they're what I mean. Not, yeah. not, we don't think they're going to yeah. lose, but they, yeah. need to, they need to click. Yeah. And yeah. when you consider, too, they're playing East Bell next week, which is on a bigger ground. They're playing against Oakwood Districts. You can put some of those methods into practice. It is a batter ham, though, unfortunately. That's a home. Sorry. So unless unless. Unless they expand the fence, yeah, that was my, my misunderstanding. But, but, but you do, but I like the, it is an opportunity to yeah to, to try and figure out what's going wrong, and I think it's their forward half trying to get some synergy in that because they've got a lot more stars in the forward line than they did last year. But it looks like they haven't got the mix right just yet. Uh, Heathmont hosts Knox. It's another. It's a must win for Heathmont. This is more of a banana skin because the Knox have have got a really good performance in them and have been improved probably in the last six weeks. They're, they're starting to get their scoring up a little bit. Um, Heathmont, as we mentioned, they've, they're a bit like the Basin, have just sort of been up and down in between weeks. They've beaten the Basin twice but haven't got near anyone else in that top four. Um, so they should win this one, Spider, and then they've still got to play Oakley and Templestowe as well in the run home as well as East Burwood. So, well, they're in there, uh, holding their own destiny, that's for sure. Well, they'll, yeah. win, they'll win two more of those, and if they can beat Templestowe, then they... They'll just need percentage. So this is a big one for them to try and cash in. Well, it is. And that, it could all come down to that Heathmont and Eastburg game uh, in a few weeks' time for them. That could be the uh, the last opportunity. But we'll go, let's hope that Knox give, go out there and you know, give a good account of themselves. They're okay for parts of the game, from my understanding, last week. But they just have those little drop-off periods. They, just str- they struggle to score. I don't think they've yeah. scored many times past 70 or 80 this year. Yeah, they've um, just struggled to kick consistently. Times, uh, te- sorry, times. Teams don't really score heavily against them. You know, we look at the Ringwood game they played under lights a few weeks back. Ringwood only kicked 10 goals themselves, but Knox only kicked three. So, that's right. So that's been their problem all year. So Heathmont should win that one, but, you know, this Heathmont side, we, Josh, we can't yeah. can't get a read on them. Yeah. Uh, Ringwood and Baronia, so these two, they've created a bit of a rivalry yeah, over yeah, many years, definitely. but definitely recently, obviously. Um Brony have been playing some decent footy, definitely, in the last uh, few weeks. Obviously, the win against East Burwood, when we thought they were actually undermanned going into the game, and they were able yeah. to um, overrun East Burwood. Um, a good performance last week against Heathmont, albeit they knew they had a 10-goal breeze in the last quarter, but you still got to execute. We saw a number of sides around the competition fail to execute with the, the breeze of their back. Um, but Ringwood seemed to get it done in home and away games, no matter what, against this Brony side. Yeah, but this is a big chance for the Hawks to you know take it up to... Another contender. They got they got close to South Belgrave and you know ran over East Burwood in the end, thanks to a massive second quarter out there. But yeah, Ringwood they've obviously lost their last four since that 2018 Grand Final, and that will be in the back of their heads, I reckon, having lost those last couple of games. But it's almost the full strength of the Baronia lineup. The, you know, Taylor Leggett, um, Ben Robertson roaming up for they're, they're just uh, they're, they're just missed, they're just good too. He's yeah, coming to the side and giving um, them something a little bit. Different, you know, just another option. They're just missing Mitch Mallis. That's Mitch probably Mallis. that's the only only so- person yeah. I can see out of and there. Jack's been playing okay. Like, yeah, no, no. Like, like uh, Josh is saying, they're pretty. The only thing that's different for them, full strength, is Mitch Mallis, isn't it? Because Harvey Chin's returning yeah. to the club from 
I think he was at North Ringwood before that, so he's come in, so he's named on a wing. Um, you mentioned their forward line, their spider, Robertson. It looks like he might be He's named the centre forward again, which is interesting given he's the leading goal kicker in the comp. But Leggett, Bramstead give them a bit of um, X factor. Uh, and, and Taylor Leggett on his day is up there with the best player in the comp. So, But Ringwood, they'll be, they'll be uh, fuming, Blake, after last week's loss. But they do get Wadley, Jordan of Mitch Burton and Daniel Collier back. So that's a handy quartet of ins. Yeah, definitely for sure. I think we, we I saw that highlight from uh, Burton uh, on the socials at East the other day and I geez, he's a good player, very good player. And also that they had a COVID spike uh, a couple couple weeks ago, so they'll be happy about getting these players back to the side. So really good. I think, yeah, you touched on with all them. I think definitely uh, Burton's a massive in, I'll say that's for sure. And joining off as well. Uh, you know, team of the team of the year uh, last year. Uh, we know what, you know what what, what you're going to see. Are from they him, playing so. him up forward? Because obviously, no Trent Farmer got it, just as a structure wise. Because they've got Latchford and 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 so on that have played in the ruck this year. That and Latchford's done really really well. So are they playing Jordan of more as a forward? Uh, what are your sources telling uh, you, Blake? Because you've got sources uh, <laughs> at Ringwood, as you tell me. Yeah, well, I've, I've only watched them about once, and I think they rotate. I think it's just a rotation starts yeah. ruck and then. Goes into forward, so yeah. and yeah, I think Barrison as well switches in a bit there in the mid and comes in forward. Oh, they've got yeah. plenty of those um, yeah. mid forwards. They've yeah, had them definitely for sure. Callan and so. Jackson, yeah. um, Burton, they they can Wadley. all yeah they can all go forward and 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 kick goals. Uh, who are we tipping in this one, Spider? It's at Jubilee. I think you, as much as Ringwood went down to Tebbleso last week, I think they've got. I think they've got Baroni's measure. Yeah, I think they do too, Matty. Look, I think a few of those ins, I think that really triggers a response from me. I think that gives them some uh, real good optimism and flexibility within their side. So I think uh, Ringwood will get the job done, but I think uh, Baroni will push them every step of the way. I think, you know, the, over the next few weeks, we're going to continually see Baroni push uh, in the run to the finals, but I think Ringwood on this occasion will get over the line. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got Ringwood. Can't see them uh, losing this one, but it's quite a touch on. I think I want to push from Baroni. It's going to have a real feel uh, finals, and that's for sure. Mm, I, I'd love to... Baronia, but yeah, those in for Ringwood, they're, they're massive inclusions. So, I, I, Baronia is a very talented side, which is almost the full strength. Ringwood is at full strength. So I think if Baronia win this one, though, they'll previously I, I had them as just being fourth, and they'll probably win the elimination final against mm. anyone except the Basin, who, who they haven't been able to beat. And obviously, they played Tumblestow again. But if they were, I, I saw them finishing fourth, easily winning the elimination final, and not being up to the pace of the top three. But so far this year now, they've now rolled East Build. If they can beat Ringwood and they almost beat South Belgrave earlier mm. on in the year, they actually, if they can win this game, all of a sudden you have to count them as a genuine contender. Obviously, they were technically beforehand, but I had them as just making up the numbers a little bit. Yeah. But if they win this one, you would have to push them as a genuine contender spider. Yeah, you would. I think uh, you would suggest if they can get over the line in this game, they're certainly well and truly in the picture uh, as we get close to the finals that, that they could really make a, make a mark and certainly be a contender in, the, in that final series if they get their full complement of players, but also if they play to their potential. All right, now to the match of the round before we go to our first break. East Bill and South Barrow, we don't need to spend too much time on it, but only the two of Josh and Blake will be there tomorrow, Spider, yeah. on air properly. So it'll just be you and I that'll have to give out our proper previews here. The South Barrow, it's an eerie feeling because last time... Eastbury played South Barrow. They were coming off loss to Mulgrave and, and South sort of took it out on them um, at home. But they are playing at Eastbury Reserve, which is a bit heavier 
of a track than usual, but it's still a big, big ground that will provide Eastfield room to sort of get their outside run going. The Rams have recalled Zach Hanlon, Matt Martini, Connor Agnew, Matthew Mariani, and Max Wills. So some really good players coming back into the side. Whilst for South Belgrave, Caden Black is out, Kai Windsor is out, Damian Garner is out as well, and they've recalled Leo Matt, Phil Costa, Callan Burns, and Jordan Roberts, who's played about seven or eight games this year as a sort of rotating midfielder. Um, where do you see this one? Because the forward line all of a sudden, with no Taylor Garner, no Damian Garner, Odomat back for his first game in a long time, it's really – there's still Sam Brown and, and Tim Smith, obviously, but this is a really big chance for East Burwood, who will be – they'll be sort of brewing because they don't think they are a 10-goal worse side than South Belgrave. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Look, I really think this is going to be battle of midfield, to be honest. I think if, if East Burwood can get control of the game – early, uh, get that dominance going through the midfield, getting uh, the continued entries into 50 and scoring. I think that's certainly going to put a lot of pressure on uh, Seth Belgrave. We know that uh, Eastbrook like to, you know, they play that system through their defence. Um, you know, they've been pretty, you know, stable throughout the course of the year. They've had some changes, but Will's coming back into the team gives them a lot of penetration. He certainly gives them a lot of direction and he'll be able to... So, uh, so Rick's then will go to Tim Smith? Yeah, well, you would mm. think so. Yeah, right. I think uh, Eddie's certainly uh, capable of that matchup. Uh, you know, being able to, to to put a you know that arm across and being able to really push Tim up up the ground, and I think that's the advantage. If you're playing on a big ground as as big as East Build is, you can take players wide, you can push the players wide, and that's probably not. Tim Smith's going to be probably the, the, the only thing I will say round. is Tim Smith, I think, on his day is one of the best players in the whole across the five divisions. So oh, he probably is. So yeah, if, if South Bower can figure out a way to isolate him one on one, he will like that. But if East Bower can play team defence, numbers back. Yeah, that'll be the mm-hmm. key. And that's what Max Wills does really well. He helps out his his other defenders. But and and this would be they're luck, lucky that, you know, with no Damien Gunner, no Taylor Garner, they can probably afford to drift off. Whereas when you've got those three forwards, it's hard for Max Wills to to go, I'm gonna leave Taylor Garner and go to Tim Smith. It's a bit of a, a different pull. So it is the right time for them. I guess, to get South Belgrave, isn't it? Yeah, it is a good time to get them. Yeah, look, there's definitely a couple of players out for South Belgrave. I know they've had a, a bit of an issue with selection with uh, a little bit of depth issues, even just trying to fill the fill the reserves. Uh, not know, the only club. So not the only club across the, the five divisions, but uh, that certainly does put pressure on, though, because you're trying to you know, trying to balance the team out and you're not sure whether you, do you take the risk and do you bring someone in similar to a, an Odomat who might be a little bit underdone, do you take that risk going into such a big game? Look, I think, uh, you know, certainly... Uh, well, they've got to get him in because play. there's only a month left. He needs left. to play now because uh, if he doesn't play now, then he's gonna, he's going to be well and truly underdone going into a finals campaign. Because so, it looks like they'll get the week off too. So you could probably go to him. If you can get through a month, you'll get the you'll get the buy. At this stage, it looks as if they'll get the buy for finishing first. So, um, yeah, a lot of interest in that one. It'll be a really interesting game. I'm going to go with South Belgrave, though. I, that, you know, they've only lost two games this year, um, as much as that, that team is weakened. So I'm going to tip South Belgrave uh, in a close one. Spider? Yeah, go the Rams in a close one. I think this might fluctuate throughout the afternoon. If there's a breeze, it'll be interesting to see how both sides handle it. But... Just get a bit of a feeling. If Eastbrook put their four-quarter effort together, there's uh, every chance they, no, can, they can get over the line. No time like the present. Blake and Josh, you'll be there tomorrow, but give us your tips now and, and jot them down because I often make the mistake of tipping one team on the Friday and another team on the Saturday. Uh, East, East Bellwood. Yep. I, 
Oh, I might have to save mine for the day, actually. Save yours for the day, Josh. You are a coward. Come on. It's a hard one to tip <laughs> what, this you, one. What, what the... are you going to do in the next 12 hours? <sighs> Come on. Tip them now. Remember it and say it again tomorrow. South Belgrave. South Belgrave. There you go. You can't, just, it's easy to tip the team on top. It's very easy to tip the team on top. <sighs> All right. Before we go to the first break here on the Deakin Uni weekend forecast, Division 2, the Oracle, Blake. You're a big fan of the Oracle, aren't you? you give me, it's, it's an audio medium, Blake, so yep. thumbs up isn't going to get yep. through to the listeners. <laughs> uh, the Basin and Oakley got the Basin winning comfortably by about 10 goals. Uh, Heathmont Knox got a close one, 58 to 55, with the Jets getting up, and I think the Jets will just take the four points at the moment. They've they just got to keep winning. Uh, Ringwood Bronia got the Hawks winning 90 to 83. I can see that happening. Not a bad tip from the Oracle. Likes the odd outsider. Got Templestowe by six goals over Mulgrave, which... On recent form, you can see why, especially if Cloak gets on a roll. And Eastbury with South Barry, we've got the Rams winning by 30 points. So uh, the Oracle, the the, Oracle. you Ooh. usually get stuck into the Oracle spider. I'm a bit excited by that. You're going to have to send a box of chocolates <laughs> he, out the he, way he, of the he, Oracle. He, he must think uh, the South Hanlon's going to burst well, out of the centre well, and kick a few. All I know, Spider. All I know, Spider. Zach, he thinks he's the same. He does. It's a good point. Zach Hanlon is a big fan of his own work, and we like that. People fan of the show. People need people need to be confident in themselves, and Zach Hanlon is definitely confident. He's kicked a couple of nice goals he this has. year, uh, but you, you're usually right. pretty quick to to get down on the Oracle's prediction spot. So you might have to <laughs> might have to get an apology out before the end of the show well, today. We'll see. All right, we're going to go to a break here on the Deakin Uni Weekend Forecast. When we come back, it's the Tros taking on the Tigers. Tate David Lake, he must have just stepped off his line there, guys. And uh, Big Gordon, not quite um, a dainty man, just snuck up on him and, <laughs> and took him out. And he's he's kicking into what is a strong breeze. He's going to probably aim for the right-hand goalpost. And this to bring the Tigers back to within four points. Yep. Very close to the man on the mark, though, here, Brash. The big fella. Didn't look comfortable, but he struck it pretty that's nicely. Right. Two in a minute for the Tigers. He's given it the double Cobra. That's the first one of 2021. The Tigers, 2-1-13. Welcome back to the Deakin University weekend forecast. Mitchum there. Uh, I think it was Matty Gordon bombing one from outside the 35. Not a big arc at Mitchum, but uh, early on last year, round one against one turn to south. And the Tigers, they went down to the Devils last week by a goal out at Walker Reserve, not Walker Park. It was the Battle of the Walkers. Uh, and now they take on Montrose at home this week. So it's a massive game for both sides, definitely more so for Montrose, um, because if they win this one, they'll close the gap on Mitchum to just a game. Um, and they'll also keep pressure on another vulnerable side, Croydon, who played Beaconsfield at Beacons field um, and also who Montrose playing the last round so it's Montrose there's two games back but they've got um, they've got it all in their own hands in terms of the size they play and if they can keep winning they should put pressure on them that they're, they're Comparable to Wanny South, Blake, because start of the year we thought they had plenty of talent, both sides. Um, before the bye, the Queen's birthday bye, although the Demons didn't have the bye, um, both sides, Wanny South and Montrose, couldn't get consistency. They play well one week, play pretty piss ball the next week, just really couldn't get anything going. Wanny South since then have won five games in a row and, and a steamroll. If they win again against Bayswater, they'll probably go comfortably into third spot. Uh, sorry, no, they'll chase down Mitchum in third spot should the Tigers lose. Um, but Montrose now have a chance to get their own consistency going. So a win last week over Beaky. They've now got Mitchum, Lourdes, Bayswater and Croydon. You could you could see them winning all of those games. So they've got a chance to finish the season with five wins. What's the vibe down to the club? Because as we said, you told Gary Ez it's a big game this yeah, week. Yeah, definitely for sure. I'll tell you more stuff. Uh, Billy Schilling's uh, 200th game uh, this uh, for tomorrow. So big shout out to you, uh, Bill. I know you, know you love uh, me on this show, that's for sure. Uh, but 
back to the game. I, this is the most important game for Montrose, uh, firstly, because I, I, I did my homework for this one, actually. Your homework? Well, that's it's, good, Blake. Yeah, it's good that you prepared, yeah, Blake. I'm yeah, proud of you, Always mate. prepared for that. So, I'll, I'll give you a little Interesting bit. he only prepared for the Montrose game. Then. That's fine. <laughs> oh, there's other games too that I'm prepared, but I'll still him more on this one. But if Montrose went this one and they went their next four, they could go to fourth. Uh, no, I don't think yeah. they need to worry about fourth, yep. mate. They need to yep. worry about know, winning games. I know, I know, but as well. But also, if they lose this one, it's up to the Croydon game as well. I don't, really, I don't yeah. think they'll get into fourth because I think Montana South and Mitchum will win enough games to, yeah. to pull to make sure that even if they won all four, yep. um, they'd finish on forty points. I can see Mitchum, Mitchum have still got to play Upper Gully. They're still got to play Beaconsfield. Um, so maybe Monty South they could catch. But Croydon's the team that's most vulnerable, as I mentioned. And Croydon have Beaky. They've got Muralbark to come, and obviously Montrose as well as Mitchum. So you could see Croydon actually not winning another game. It's not. Yep. I don't think. I think they'll win this weekend, but I think it's not beyond the realms of possibility. So, but I think they have to win this week, Montrose. Because they don't want to pull three games behind Croydon, because yeah. then it becomes really, really hard. You have to rely on them too much. Yeah, definitely for sure. Yeah, we've got a couple handy ends this week as well with um, Daniel Chamberlain, the young gun, uh, coming through. So uh, he he can definitely bring up a couple goals here and there. And um, uh, yeah, as you touched on, we they they don't the consistency hasn't been there for Montrose this year. You can tell, like, and now we've won two in a row against Beaconsfield and an upper gully. So a lot of confidence, momentum. Has come through, that's for sure. But um, it's it, like you said, Matt. It's up to their hands. They, yeah. The one area, though, so they could finish with six wins. Very much in the realm of possibility. Good side on paper. Obviously, good coach. Um, they concede a lot. Fourth worst defence. So they've got over a thousand points mm-hmm. against. Um, have played East Ringwood and Moorbuck twice. So when you look at Wanny South, who have also conceded that much, they are yet to play both those sides. So you could maybe claim they're not the worst. That their defence is better than than Wanny South. Montrose, they only have two wins away from home this year, Spider. They go to Mitchum, who are very good at home, and their two wins were against Upper Gully, who haven't won a game yet, and they beat Wanny South by a point, and the Devils should have probably won that game on balance yeah, of play, that- if we go back to that. So so really, Montrose have struggled away from home, Spider, and they're going to a cauldron at uh, Walker Park. Yeah, well, it's always a difficult place to play for any visiting side. I think what we see from Mitchum, when you consider things look that Look, they were probably a little bit unlucky last week. Had a shot right on the siren. Well, and they ball, didn't have... Ball fall short. Parenti doesn't Jake Parenti didn't play with COVID. Uh, Lovell yeah. had another outstanding game last week. And look, they, they had some really good players across the board and probably could consider, consider themselves a bit unlucky on any other game. they probably win. One turn to south were, were very good and uh, they put that win together. But this is a massive challenge for Montrose to keep their season alive. I just get the feeling, though, at home... The way that Mitchum play this ground, particularly with their, their ball movement, uh, the way they set up structurally uh, up forward, I, I just think it's going to be a bridge too far for Montrose on this occasion. And I do think uh, Mitchum will win this game and, and win by around about three or four goals. I, I'm just not sure defensively if Montrose have everything right at the moment. I think that's the area of the ground where they're lacking at the moment and probably you know, perhaps in the pre-season going forward that is you'll have to have a bit of a look and re-evaluate where things are coming from because I think in other areas of the ground they've got it pretty much covered Blake but defensively yeah they've got a really good midfield their midfield obviously Watson Descent Heap uh, Max Hall had 37 touches or something last week yeah uh, Baton Leach um, I think yeah you're right about the midfield obviously got goals in Davis and Schilling and and Garthwaite when he can be swung down there but he's obviously needed down back Chamberlain as you mentioned Um, but defence is their issue and Josh they're taking on the twin towers of Parenti and Lovell so 
We think Montrose will be able to kick a score, but can they stop Mitchum scoring it? Parenti is the number one marks inside 50 in the comp, 52 marks inside 50 this year, and 75 score involvement. And Tom Lovell only has 20 marks inside 50, but we know he plays higher up the ground and can pinch in in the mm-hmm. ruck. He has 72 score involvements as well. And then you've got Jake Tui, who's, I think, third in the competition for goal assists and, and up there for score involvement. So, yeah. a f- a long, and then you add in Jesse Smythe, who can play as a sort of mobile mark. Marking top, think of Todd Vanderhaar and for Doncaster. Well, guy guy Smythe's very good. Well. Guy Lachlan's kicking goals. Um, they've got they've got some real talent in their own forward line. So yeah. one thing is though that as much as Mitchum's got that talent, they don't like a shootout either. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how this plays out. It is, but I, I can't see a way Montrose stop that. Uh, the twin towers of Lovell and Parenti. Maybe Jack Garthwaite does go to. I'd say he'd probably go to. Gar- but Garthwaite, I don't know about you, Blake, but is Garthwaite a one-on-one defender, or is he you sort of Sicily sort of roam around kind of type? Nah, nah, he's the lockdown. Gar- Gardel, so he'll go. So, yeah. so Garthwaite will go to Parenti. Yeah, yeah. Garthwaite just yeah he sweeps around like like. So who's so then to answer Josh's yeah. question, who's going to take Tom Lovell? Who, yeah, probably Gardo or probably I think Williamson's got named there. Did he get named or uh, I'm not too Williamson? Yeah. There's yeah. no Williamson nope. on my team sheet. So no. you've yeah, got Emerson, Galbraith, Hams, Tennant. And Gardel, not you, both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll probably hear anyone. Like, you know, you can pick any of those guys. Yeah, but it's but, a, but it's a, can they go with Tom Lovell? Because he gets, he gets undersold, yeah, Josh, he's but he's tall. an absolute star, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's an absolute it, star it, and 72 scores. Best on ground right? last week as well. Yeah, it would definitely be a challenge, that's for sure. And I'm sure Gary will have his work cut out, that's for sure. So, yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting. And Neil, and Neil Winston likes the fact that he beat him last time, Spider. Neil Winston yeah, obviously yes. played under Gary. They've got a relationship. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was yes. oh no, sorry, Montrose won last yeah, year. So, yeah. Neil, so we know he'll want one back over Gary. Yeah, that's he for will. Sure. He will want yeah. one. And, yeah. and and Neil's actually really gone, you know, developed as a coach. And from a strategic and strategy point of view, I think he's really taking his coaching to another level with this Mitchum team. And they've, they've shown that as they've come up the divisions over the last couple of years and played in some of these big games. Yeah. So all right, let's let's get our tips done for this one. I, a little, a little bit of me thinks Montrose could do it because I look at their team on paper and it, it's quite good. But I'm really worried about if it turns into a shootout, Jake Parenti can take a hold. But I don't think it will because of the way Mitchum play. Um, I'm going to go Mitchum, but I wouldn't be surprised either way, Josh. I think it's a, a really interesting yeah. game. And if Montrose do win it, I think they... I think they will sneak into fifth because I think Croydon are, a, you know, they're sitting ducks. They're very vulnerable, the Blues. Uh, I, and thank heavens it's not the AFL Blues. Um, I, 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 yeah, I think Mitchum win here. Just, just it's a home little, It's at home and they, like you said. Much they, better side of They play so much, uh, Walker Park so much better, you know. they Some teams like Croydon out there challenged against East Ringwood and Moorbuck and mm. earlier on in the season as well. They... They just know the ground so so well, so I'd be backing them to get them to get the win. Spider, yeah, I'll stick with Mitchum. I think they've uh, been doing some good things. Bit unlucky last week. I, I still think Mitchum have got a big say in what's going to happen in this division uh, right up until the very end. I, I still rate them as a very good side. Yeah, Blake, we know you, you're um, going to go Montrose, but show yeah, you're working. I've, I've actually got a reason behind because uh, last time there was a milestone game at uh, Montrose playing it was Joel Galvin's 250th. So it's Billy Schilling's 200th this week. So I'm going Montrose this week. 204 yeah. Montrose or just senior uh, games? All up. I think it's just se- yeah, right. senior. Yep. So That's a good effort. It's yeah, it's a great effort. 200, 200 yep. top flight games too, Spider. Most yep. of those being played 
in the highest possible yeah, and division. He's been a, and he's been a good player. He's been very, you know, very yeah. swingman. He's a classic swingman yeah. spider. We yeah. love a swingman yeah, on, so the, on the weekend. I reckon Montrose by about three goals. will go. So, yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we've got one for Montrose, as expected. Three for Mitchum. Let's talk about Beaconsfield and Croydon because it's a big banana skin, Josh, mm-hmm. for the Blues, isn't it? Because tough place to go. Huge ground. Not that Croydon will be worried about that, but it's a heavy deck. Yeah. Um, and Croydon have games, you know, that they're probably not favourites in. They've got to play Mitchum. They've got to play Murrabark, and they've got to play Montrose in the last three. They need to win this one. If they can win this one and Montrose go down, you'd probably say they're safe. Yep. Because there'd be a lot of work for Montrose to do. But I'm not that confident no, neither. In, in them winning this one. Neither. Beaconsfield have improved a bit the last couple of weeks. And, you know, when I spoke with, well, a co- someone who coached out at Home Park last week, Darren Ashcroft, for for the Ringwood women's side at, at home against Beaconsfield, it, yeah, he, he said that the... That, there was water up to um, up to the shoes a cu- well a couple of weeks ago when that big when we had that heaps of rain over a couple of days and I, I just wonder it gets if, a lot of footy played on it too uh, home yeah. park because they, they'll have junior footy played on it they've both they've got women's and three sides and, mm, yeah. and I wonder as well if those conditions will still be the same if it'll be as rough as I think it'll a we of watched those two sides play at Croydon and it was a pretty much as we expect Croydon got the jump on them and then after that it was a, a slog and Beaky almost pinched it. It'll be another slog because both teams don't really score. Um, yeah. It'll just—I think it'll be a lot of numbers around the footy. It's—it's it's a real—it's a really hard one to pick because a, a bit of me thinks Beaconsfield can do them. They've got players coming back in, so Johnston and Wasilico come back into the side. Uh, they lose Rob McMillan mm-hmm. though. Um, Croydon, on the other hand, they bring back uh, or they bring in Nick Barrett and Lachlan Jackson for Josh Matsays and Stephen Collins. What about you, Spider? Yeah, well, Johnson's it's, been it's, an important player. This, is, this is a well, – yeah, he has been. But this is a huge game for Croydon because, like I said, if they slip up here, you you start sort of flailing around because there's three massive games coming. Well, look, I think it's going to come down to being able to score – and Croydon have had the problem in that they haven't been kicking big scores. And Both teams been, don't, though. Well, they don't. And the, the, the big thing for Croydon that sticks out is that they're just really struggling. And they're just, you know, Britain's been pretty much the, the shining light when we, we, in terms of goal kicking for them. So they, you, you, they don't really have anyone. They've got an array of goal kickers, but no, no one is a Mitchell Davis. No one is a Trent Farmer. No one's a Jai Jordan. No one's even a Jordan Jaworski that can yeah. – or and Wontons have actually got three or four with Jordan O'Keefe, yeah. Barlow. Like, no one's going to take the game by the scruff of the neck, no, So it's a big challenge for them. Uh, I think Croydon can win this game. I, I just think perhaps midfield-wise they'll be able to get on top. But you know, I think this is going to be just a oh, it's very be a slog. low, low-scoring, low bit of a slog. And I, I just think that in the end, they'll get over the line. But, gee, they, they can't afford to drop this game. A loss for them could send... Uh, well, a loss for them would mean they're going to have to beat one of Montrose or Mitchum. Mitchum, Because yeah. we don't think they'll beat more. Well, I think probably they're more likely to beat a Montrose and probably what they're then likely Mitch- to They do play both those games at home, but... Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting thing. What Josh, you had something? Yeah, I, I just I think Matthew Johnson could be a point of difference in this game. You know, he's kicked thirty goals in. He's in a very very good games. Um, he didn't kick a goal last week uh, against Montrose, but you know, not many people did. Yeah, a seven got seven goals in in the two weeks leading up to this game against East Ringwood and Basewater as well, which is a pretty yeah. impressive. He's played played a few games yeah. for Casey, so yeah. But I think it, it's going to be a slog. Honestly, I won't be surprised if neither side can get above twenty. Because oh, I think they'll get above twenty. 
Well, I would have. I would have said fifty to forty. Yeah, I. I, I think th- it'll be fifty to forty. I. I just wonder if conditions will still be. The same it's meant to be a fairly nice game, and home park is usually good. Mm. Um, but I. I I think Beaconsfield. For you think me. Beaconsfield? I think the Eagles can get up. Just, I don't. Just got a feel. You got a hunch. I got a hunch. You know, I know love you hunch. love them. I, love I know you love them. Um, I, I just think, yeah, Croydon. Whilst they got the win against Upper Gully last week, it wasn't the most convincing. It was only nine goals in the end, and I'm not convinced by them. They've just. They only pretty much play one quarter and then just try to lock at each team out. And I yeah. don't think against Beaconsfield well, at yeah. home they can't do that. They haven't really played four quarters in a while, Blake. Yeah, I, I just can't see Beaconsfield. I love Beaconsfield. It's their home ground, and I'm, I'm liking, um, you know, obviously they, they lost last week, and Croydon are also struggling. It's going to be a hard one. I think you've, we've all mentioned that you reckon it'll be a low-scoring game. I, I, I reckon you're 100% spot on there. I reckon it'll be pretty low-scoring. The ground, from what we heard, um, is yeah. that the, the pitch is just mud. Just the but, whole, it's, but it's yeah. not a turf wicket. Yeah. I don't yeah. think no, no one plays cricket there. Yeah, but what we've heard is just the pitch is just mud. Like, there's no yeah, pitch. Yeah. So where yeah. have these people been playing? Oh, we don't know. They're we... playing on the wrong ground. There's yeah. no cricket pitch. Yeah, it's a but... football-only venue. Yeah, but that's what it we're is still not the greatest. Con- it's yeah, the centre square, I agree, but yeah, it's not it's a. Cri- I think a lot of people a see a muddy centre square and assume there's a pitch. There's no pitch. I no. think it's just yeah, it's foot traffic. Yeah, foot traffic. It is at the bottom of a hill, and it's the conditions are often cold out out the southeast. So who's your tip, though, Blake? Um, oh, it's a hard one. It's honestly a hard one. I, I want to go Crow, but I think Beaconsfield. You, you got know, a hunch. You're jumping yeah, on Josh's yeah, hunch. Yes, but but it's the home ground of Beaconsfield. Like, right, you know, yeah. I'm going with Beaconsfield just because of the, the home. The okay. Home game, so. Well, Croy- I'm a big fan of both your hunches, but I'm going to have to side with Croydon just because of their, they are four games clear of Beaconsfield or, or, or something like that. So it'd be hard to say, but I, I think it'd be a slog 50 to 40, something like that. Yeah, I would have said about 60, but uh, but 60 to 40. But I think it's uh, I think you're around the right right mark. So mate. two for Corinne, two for Beaky. We'll keep a track of that spider over tomorrow's games. Other games, Bayswater, Wanny South is one on paper. Wanny South should win this. Like I said, they've won five in a row. If they win this one, they'll lock in finals all but because they've still got to play Lilydale. Um, which they should win, although they lost that last time. But they do have East Ringwood and Roebuck to come. So it's a really important game for Winnie South, not to slip up, because a slip up would allow them to fall back into that pack with Croydon and, and if Montrose can get a win and close in and all those sort of things we've already spoken about. Bayswater are in the same boat as Montrose. They don't have the same firepower and, and so on, but they are quiet achievers, Josh. They've won uh, six games as well. If they win this one, they're still in with a sniff of finals. They've still got to play... Um, I'm pretty sure both of the top two as well. I'm not entirely sure on that one. Um, yeah. And have Montrose in between. So, again, a tougher run for them to finish on. But they're still winning games. So, it's a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, and it's a baseball to over two, mm. which, like, pretty much every home team, as you expect, they, they play that ground pretty well. You know, last time last time around they played out there, they, they've got the win against Beaconsfield for 10 points. They've... I think they've won most of their games this season. Their, I think they've won their last two or three Bayswater. They've been they've been pretty impressive since the bye. But they just go. They're just not a fashionable side, if you know what I mean. They don't they don't kick big scores and and they don't really fluctuate too much. So no one really I takes think, notice. And I think because of what I'm hearing from Ray Baird as well, they're re- really reliant on in midfield on on Joel Galvin once more, who just continues to 
it go about it, it just yeah, he's evergreen. He's been around for almost 20 years, hasn't he, Spider? He's been around for a very long time, Matty. Premiership he's, as a 17-year-old. Yes, uh, remember that one. He, I think the thing is he's just a step above everyone else in that playing mm. group, and he just leads yeah. by example. Ben, ben White and, and Husbrook, or Husbrook are very talented players, Scott McInerney as well. But, yeah, he's, it's probably something that they're a little bit worried about, that their marquee man is still... Joel Galvin. Although yeah, I guess it next? hasn't been in it hasn't been in recent years. I don't think they yeah. planned for Kurt Lopo to leave, did they, Blake? So, no, so you could probably argue that yeah, that they didn't plan on Lopo leaving. But I suppose long term, where where is the? I think Ben Ben White Ben White's their next one. Mm. I, I, I think Bayswater. Yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see what's coming through. They did they have put a lot of work into their nineteens in recent years and, and trying to get players from other clubs that might not have been getting the same opportunity. So it'll be an interesting one to watch how that develops. And they have started debuting guys this year. So I, I really think Bayswater have just gone under the radar beautifully because there's been so many other stories in Division 1. You know, Blake, obviously Montrose are one with Gary Ayres and, you know, countless players coming back to the club. Wani South, as we mentioned, Spider, almost weekly that we expected them to hit form and they have Mitchum are Mitchum, so people are going to talk about them. And there's the runaway two at the top. And then you've got Beaconsfield as well that we've been watching closely. So Bayswater have just sort of... They've just sort of been hidden away, Blake. So I think they're doing pretty well. Yeah, definitely for sure. I don't think anyone predicted, you know, the I don't know about your prediction, Matt. No, I, I had them. I think I had them eight. Yeah, so they're doing a lot of good things. You could tell, like, you, you basically touched on a bit, like, the whole story pretty much of Division 1 at the start of the year. So, um, yeah, I think they're doing really well. Um, I know Garvin's probably... You would say his age is probably, you know. Well, what is, what is he spotted? Be what yeah. early thirties? I would have said, I would have said thirty-two. Yeah, I'll, I'll have, I'll have, a, I'll have a quick look on the back end yeah. here. But because he debuted so young, you think he's a lot older than he is, but he's also still played that many games. So. Yeah. Like, he's obviously played 250-plus games. He's just been a servant of the club. You would definitely say two-time premiership player. Like, but he's got a career resume in footy that's completely up to a lot of other people that play footy. In 34, footy. Yeah. Joel Galvin. 34. Yeah. So you think, you know, he's probably got another four years, you would say, three to four years. Well, 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 it dep- well, depends how the um, yeah. family, where yeah. he's living. Uh, does he have the desire to keep It depends playing? on the last two years too because some people like the fact that they had two years off and it gave them more, what, one and a half years off, gave them more yeah. passion. But then other people sort of liked waking up Fresh, not sore. So it'll be obviously yeah. he's come back this year. So obviously he still wants to play footy, but it's whether yeah. whether those two years actually added years onto his career or, or whether yeah. they took them away. But, but let's get into the tips. I think you have to go with Wani South, though, don't you? Because mm-hmm. they've won five in a row, Josh. They're, yeah. they're, they're starting to hit form, and if they can get things going and tighten up that defence, they could be a threat. Yeah, they're one of the most threatening sites in the competition now, and I think they'll want to continue that momentum heading into the final three weeks against a Lilydale side they lost to earlier in the year, and plus East Ringwood and Moorbark as well. If they lose here, it would be a bit of a blow for them, I think, but I'd be backing them. Despite, you know, Basewater having only lost two games at home this year, mind you, that they've been against Mitchum and Quentin, they haven't played East Ringwood and Moorbark at home yet, but I'd be backing Wani South there. Yeah, they're up there. Well, they're doing what we expected them to in the first half. They're beating the teams below them, and they should make finals because of that. But we, then and then we'll we'll see how they go. And also a point of difference as well. They have plenty of scoring options. Mm. Base water. Well, O'Keefe, O'Keefe, Hewitt, Barlow, Krikus, Wong starting to hit the scoreboard. Marcus Jordan's back. It's a threatening forward half if they can Mm. sort out that back back six. They'll be right up there. Blake. Yeah, I was thinking about what he said, but. I wouldn't be surprised if Bayswater could challenge him um, as well. And like we touched on as well, Hewitt, how good is Barlow's last month being? Like, it's just been yeah. ridiculous. Like, he's been he, He's a yeah. big boy. Oh, he is. He's, he, he's a, if they can keep 
developing him, you know, along with those other names we mentioned, it could be could be the future of that club. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a great fellow. I've, I've, I've spent a lot of summers down here, down down with him, so he's a good fellow down there as well. And um, I'm looking for. He, he's just a great great player. I think he's come from Vermont, so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's obviously there for an opportunity down at Wanny South, and Steve Cochran, um, who you know, he's just you know Steve Cochran. He's been everywhere in the Eastern Footy League, like, and the way he's, he, I reckon he's probably up there as the one. If we could have the best coaches, I reckon. Well, he's, we, we yeah. don't really have time, Blake, yeah. but I, I do agree with you. He's been. Yeah. He, well, he coached yeah. the Intellect side, didn't he? Yeah. Spider. He's co- he Cockers? has coached Intellect yeah. sides but, in previous seasons. Yeah. But who are we tipping? Yeah. Wanny South. Wanny South. Yeah. Blake does that. He sort of he talks, and I forget <laughs> who he tips. Spider. Oh, I think you can't go past the Devils. They're just playing too good a footy for me at the moment. No, that fraud right. line, very hard to stop. You're right. East Ringwood and Ludo, it's hard to see. I'm not even going to bother with tips here. After watching East Ringwood last week, I don't see them losing another game for the rest of the no. year. They don't play Moorabuck again, obviously. I think they've got games against Wanny South, uh, Bayswater and Ludo, along with it might be Upper Gully. As yeah, well, in there, so, so, so beautiful. The roofs, so aren't yeah, they? and as uh, Naomi yeah. Fee wrote in stats bench, the last time they had a, a winning, it is Upper Gully, Upper Gully, yeah. Yeah. So too. the last time they had a winning run this good, they won the flag. Albeit it was back in 02 and, and they probably didn't have Murubak to contend with. But look, they looked ominous last week, so they'll beat Lillardale. Uh, Murubak host Upper Gully. Um, Mustangs will get back on the horse this week. Sorry for the pun. Um, they'll, they'll beat Upper Gully pretty handily. Um, and then we've already mentioned Beaksfield and Croydon. There, let's jump into Division 3 before we do the Oracle. Only the three games this week because this is where the Furniture Gully Waverley Blues Good Friday game came from this round. Um, Glen Waverley host Donvale. It's hard to see the Hawks getting another win this year, unfortunately, Josh. You know, they're, they're struggling. They had to forfeit mm-hmm. the seconds again last week. Um, they just haven't, you know, got any continuity. They brought a lot of players in. Um, and, Donva, and they're playing a Donvale side who are desperate to get second spot back. Um, yeah. and, and they will want to hit the finals running hot. So I, I worry for them today. Yeah, tomorrow. it's out at Central Reserve, it is. which could be interesting. Although, you know, Glenn Mively, they, yeah, they still haven't played that ground all that well, particularly I think that's that. where their three wins have come from, though. They beat. Yeah, so there is a bit of hope, but Donvale are pretty much full They beat Scoresby now. there, they beat. Uh, White Horse there. White Horse there. And they've got one other win, Furniture Gully there as well. Yeah, Furniture Gully. Yeah, so they will make it a bit of a challenge. Yeah, it's hard for me to see them getting a win with the with the struggles they're having. And, you know, Donvale are pretty much full strength. Haig and Murphy listed. Well, Wignall playing some good footy, both of them. Yeah. Uh, James Rouser's having a great year, as expected. So, yeah, they they should that win that, win that one comfortably. Scores being Coldstream Spider. Um Coldstream should win this on paper. So they're, they're, again, another side competing for that top two. It's a three-horse race for one spot uh, between Warrandyte, Donvale and Coldstream. Coldy have started playing some really good footy in the last few weeks with Fritch back. They're really straightening up. They've got a great forward structure now. Um, Lachlan Koga as well returns to that side in recent weeks. So things are starting to move well for Coldstream. They've just re-signed Chad Rogers for 2023, which is great news for them. And we should shout out as well Brett Lavers has signed on at Moorabark. For another, for another year, which is good news for them. Um, Upper Gully looking for a new coach with Luke Tynan. I assume you're about to say Gary Ayers is going around uh, again, Blake. Marcus, uh, Marcus Bazaglo, yeah. yes, that's yeah. obviously mentioned yeah. as well. Yeah. Buzz. Yeah. Uh, Upper Gully are looking for a new coach, and we'll get down to some in the lower divisions in a sec. But um, So Coldstream, things looking good. Should be this on paper, but Scoresby, very, very good side at home. Much better side at home. They tested Donvale, only lost by a goal. They've beaten Warrandyte there. They tested Waverly Blues for three quarters there. Um, and Coldy have struggled to win away from home so far this year. They've only beaten Fair Park and Glen Waverley on the road. So 
I'm making a case that Scoresby could upset them here. Well, they could. The culture have just got to bring their effort. If they bring their full effort and attitude with them to the game and put a four-quarter performance in, they'll win the game comfortably. But if they are just a little bit off, then they open the door just a little bit for a Scoresby team that can get you at the right moment. I mean, Scoresby's form, we know it's fluctuated. The, the performance in the second half last week was extremely disappointing from their standards. We, you know, we've been positive about them for a number of weeks, but they just have those little moments uh, and lapses, Scoresby, where when they lose, they can lose big, and that's a bit of a disappointing way for um, to, for them to go. We know that Christian Barzoli would get a bit frustrated with some of the, the heavier defeats because they've been so good in so many other games, particularly at those home games where they've tested some of the quality teams. But look, I think when you look at it, culture will get the job done, but let's hope that Scoresby can be very competitive and, and start to lay the foundations for the future because you know they do have some quality players in that team. They just need to be doing it on a more consistent basis. Yeah. The only thing I will say, though, with Scoresby and, and the team we're about to talk about, uh, White Horse, is that, that we sort of keep talking about Scoresby planning for next year, but they need to get at least one more Well, we've got to get that win, as we spoke about last They've week. They've got Fairport and White Horse. Otherwise, it Fairport could go into that last yeah. game, and that could be a relegation potential game. Which, Absolutely. Uh, and they don't want it to get to that. No, so they no, need no to get, They need to get a win. But we think, I think Coldstream, yeah, Coldstream should win on paper, but I, I keep, keep an eye on it because Scoresby have been really, really good at home. Fair Park and Whitehorse, big game, Josh. Yep. Huge, huge this one. Um, the Pioneers snuck home in this fixture last year thanks to some good goal kicking. Um, and they've been really good this year, to be honest, Whitehorse. They've improved on the field. Everyone said that. You know, they've, they've, you know, they've competed really well against the top sides, especially at home, but they are yet to win away from home. And Fair Park, as much as we've sort of just assumed they're going to drop down, they've they, they produce okay. wins every now and again. It's at home. If they win this one and win the Scoresby game at the back of the year, they might survive somehow, Fair Park. And Whitehorse, like Scoresby, need just one more win, I think, yeah. to be safe. And this is their chance to get one more win, you know. Despite Fair Park, actually, Whitehorse struggles away from home, I feel like I feel like Fair Park struggle at home as well. You know, they've they've earlier in the year, they defeated Glenn Waverley out there, but... They haven't really defeated sides out at Fair Park Reserve. Mind you, they haven't played Well, sides they've won the three games. So they beat Furniture Gully at Furniture Gully, Glen Waverley at home, and then Glen Waverley away. Yeah, so uh, this is a big opportunity for Whitehorse to, to finally get that away win. It's it's somehow... Well, it's not even just the away win, is it? It's just the, it's the just safety. Sa- yes, stave off any relegation talk for them. So, yeah, it's a big opportunity. They definitely won't mind playing at, at Fair Park because it's... Well, it's as small as Springfield Park, but... yeah, Unique and shape. Yeah, and if, if it's Springfield, is, obviously, not Fair Park. Yeah, and they've had their number the last five times these two have met as well. Last well, last year, that well, I think last four times maybe or something like that. So, yeah, they have their number. I I'd be backing them to get the win just because they are a much better side than Fair, Fair Park. Fair Park. So Whitehorse. Yeah, Whitehorse for me. I think Blake. Yeah, I reckon Whitehorse. Yep. Spider? Yeah, Whitehorse for me. Just think they'll be a little bit too strong. Think they might just be able to kick a bit, bit bigger score just through the, with that forward line. Yeah, uh, I agree. Operating a little bit more uh, efficiently. All right. I, I, I also tip Whitehorse, but I think this falls into the same categories that Scoresby Coldstream game. Mm. It's just one to keep an eye on because if things stay tight for long enough, nerves come to come in, pressure comes in, and the team with less to play for, in this case, well, not less to play for, but less pressure on them, fair part, might uh, take advantage of that. 
before we go to our last break, the Oracle uh, will jump into Division 1 first. He's got Bayswater winning by three goals over 1E South. Jeez. So maybe he's taking that home ground advantage break. Did he go break. to the yeah. before he did that tip? He, he may have. But you can't be shit-canning the Oracle <laughs> Spider. He's got your Rams winning by six I know, goals. East Ring going to beat Lured up by five goals. I think that's generous to the Dales. Uh, Murrubach to beat up a galley comfortably. Beaconsfield, Croydon. Croydon winning 64-42. to 42, So I think maybe a bit generous on the score line, but definitely I think Croydon will get well. Sorry, I don't definitely think. I, I think Croydon will get the win. I'm not 100% certain. And the Mitchum Troves game, got the Troves winning by 41 points, Blakey. 41 points. 41 points. No. You'll take that, mate. <laughs> I'll take that. And, and Lorby, nah. because you told Gary Ayres. Yeah. Gary Ayres, two-time Norm Smith medalist. Then it's a big game this week. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I think that's a bit... Yeah, not, oh, I think yeah. it's a bit generous. Yeah. I can yeah, see I them winning, but not by uh, 41 points. Nah, nah, no I, I'm a supporter. I don't think we can let them <laughs> <laughs> uh, We'll go down to Division 3. So, Glen Waverley, Donvale. Donvale winning comfortably by about 10 goals. Coldstream by 40-odd points against Scoresby. So, I think the Oracle's around. Bang on there. I think it might be a little bit closer because it's at Scoresby. And he's got Whitehorse beating Fair Park by a goal. So, which is pretty much similar to what happened last time they played out at Fair Park. So, one to keep an eye on there as well. We're going to go to our last break here on the Deakin University weekend forecast. When we come back, a quick look at Division 4 where Kilsyth can lock in finals and a squeeze at Premier Division where North Ringwood will target their first win of the season. He's about 40 out. He's going to have to. He's going to play on, run around, give himself some room, set sail for home. Samuel Hart. Yes. He's got it. Back to four points. What a good goal that was. The Red Jackets are up and about. Welcome back to the Deakin University Weekend Forecast. Matthew Foddy here with Matt Spider-Lee, Josh Ward and Blake Tennant. Into Division 4 and Premier Division now. We'll start down the bottom. Uh, Kilsyth and Surrey Park. Josh, a big weekend for your Panthers taking mm. on the Cougars. It's a big cat division. I've always said this. Big cat <laughs> division is Division 4. Uh, it's a chance, one, for Kilsyth to repeat the dose on Surrey Park. Obviously, they beat them by about mm. seven points last time they played at Pink Reserve. So not only will they make it two wins over Surrey Park in a row, if they win this, they'll probably book themselves a ticket to finals because yep. they've still got two very winnable games to finish against Nana and Croydon North. So, first final since 2015. So, that'll be fancy. Yep. And then not only that, they'll probably play Surrey Park in the elimination final and, and they'll have the wood over them. So, yeah. it's all it's a very big game for Kilsoth. <laughs> Surrey Park need to keep winning to keep closing that momentum in for when they hit finals. Yeah, they definitely do. And this game also is a chance for the Panthers to show just how much they've changed under James Kentworthy, you know. They've I think I, I need to apologise. I've always called him Kentworthy too. I think, Kent my brain, I think it's Kenworthy. Kenworthy. I, I, we do apologise to yeah. James. It's just my brain autofills. Yeah, it's, it is it is a big chance for the Panthers to show how much they have changed under Kenworthy because, you know, that Kilsyth game was one of was one of the last couple of games of the previous I think era. it was David Jensen's last David game, wasn't it? Oh, they had the bye or did they have one more game? They had one more game against Turnside Park, right. which they lost by two goals. And, you know, their, their last four games have just been seriously impressive. The only score a game that where they didn't score 100 points was against Sylvan. And, and they won. And they won that one, yeah. So they're, they've improved a lot and have become more efficient up forward as well. It's just from the looks of things as well, it is a much smaller forward line. Still no Matt Pollock, Paul Collipe as well. He's not the tallest, but he does play as that tall forward. So they are going, they do look like they're going pretty small down there. And so why would they go small, Josh? Why do you think they've decided I to think, go that way? Uh, I'm not too sure. Maybe to get, you know, better ch- better chances to suit that ball movement that, that I think they've tried to implement the last couple of weeks as well that that's moved might ball. help them apply more forward pressure 
when, yeah, when, because when we saw them, be in it, when we saw them um, against Churnside, and then obviously watch some of the highlights when they play Sylvan the first time, and so on, they they just don't seem to lock it in. It seemed to come yeah. out pretty quick. So maybe maybe that's the way they've gone. And conversion too. They, I think most of the tools would usually, whilst they kick goals, they wouldn't convert most of their mm. chances. And you know, players like like Kenworthy and Parker Fox, who's and not Nick, who's not a tiny man, he's still still got some height about he him. He does have and a bit you, of height. So you you look at that forward line, Nicholas Cam. Can take a mark. Yeah, he can. But he can I, take a mark. And, and Burrell and Kenworthy are probably just over six foot, but strong. Yeah, I think Cairns more of a, from what I've seen on the highlights as well, he's more of a lead up for it as well. So, And Parker Fox is, is pretty tall as well. I don't, well, Parker I Fox, Renan Fallahai, um, Mitch Molnar, the goal kick is in there. So, yeah, so I, I think they've definitely got to try things to get the best out of their 22. Yeah, and I think. Their defence is also pretty strong, reasonably strong as well. You know, George Haynes has, has come back. Oh, he came back last week. You know, you've got Jackie, Jackie McLaren, Riley Tempany, Lachlan Peters who's had a great first season. Noah Bennett has been the side for a while now. It, it's a pretty settled defence as well. And I think that's what they would need against the uh, Only thing will be, attack. though, Kilsoth have Blake, four or five guys who can take a mark, kick a goal. Um, so it's going to be contrasting forward lines, isn't it? We look at Surrey Parks and, you know, the average height's about five foot eight. And then you look at Kilsyth's and it's probably six foot five with Curry, um, Hoogstra floats down there. Uh, who, the other fellas, Goodenson's yeah. probably, he's just over, he's probably the smallest of those marking yeah. forwards. Foley, uh, yeah. there's plenty of guys down there that can kick a goal. That's definitely for sure. I think we, when we saw them, um, we, we definitely saw them in full flight. Like, obviously, Goodenson, I think he's top four or top three. He's third. Yeah, third, sorry. Yep. Um, yeah, he's certainly the goal king. So he's definitely a very crafty forward, that's for sure. Um, he loves getting on the scoreboard, as you can tell. But the game that we the game that we did cover, they didn't rely on uh, Goodenson that much mm. as well. Where, well, they actually yeah. want to move him up the ground, don't they? Because yeah. they think he's yeah. a very good ball user. Yeah, so um, I'm looking forward as well. Who straight out of the the EFL cult hero down at Kilsyth, you would say. Um, yeah, I'd love, love to see how he's going as well for this big game. It's shaping up to be a massive game down at our Pink's Reserve, that's for sure. He's the definition of a cult hero across the entire league, yeah. Hoogstra. So, yeah. yeah, they do have some tall timber, but I reckon, sorry, down back, they equally have tall timber with, you know, McLaren, Haynes and, and Riley Tempany and Lockie Peters is pretty tall as well. Well, Tempany's probably the most uh, important defender yep. in my view. Yeah, right. He he definitely is. He's been terrific servant for the last couple of years, and you know he usually does get those does get those jobs on one of the key fo- key tall forwards as well. So, yeah, he he'll play a massive role in this game. All right, who's winning? Is that Kilsoth? Sorry, Blake. Kilsoth. Spider. Sorry, Park. Sorry, Park. I think it's a different Sorry, Park. I had to think about it for a little bit, but I, I, a little bit of me hopes Kilsoth get that win because then they can just sort of turn their attention to finishing off the season strongly against Nunawad and Croydon North and, and heading into the finals without that jeopardy, but also part of me would love a, a final day shootout. So there's a, a lot of uh, irons in the fire there. Croydon North, Mlock host Sylvan. The Cats will win. Uh, but Mark Holly, they announced this morning or late last night that he'll be mm. stepping down at season's end. So the inaugural coach of that club, Spider, he's done... A pretty incredible job, to be honest. Obviously, 2019, I think, was it winless. Um, obviously, that was very expected. You know, a, a new club, you know, pretty much built, not quite from scratch, but coming across from the, the bottom of the VAFA was always going to be tough. Um, last year, they, they improved a, lot, a little bit more, got s- some more players into the club. Again, no real star power, but they were just getting some continuity. They added a women's team and, and then and some netball teams. And then this year, they, they added a lot of 
players, um, almost a whole new side. Um, and we saw them they, at that radio game and they had some goal kickers in their team. They got some players like Batira, Crow didn't play, McCain, they can, they can really play along with Zach Leachy. So Mark Holly's done a really good job guiding them to this stage. Um, they've got probably one, one or two more winnable games for this year, so hopefully for their sake they can pinch it. Um, like I said, obviously Sylvan's going to win this one, but a really good job to, to him and the crew that have got this club on the right road. Yeah, definitely. I think when you look what they've you know, done since joining the league, I, I think that you've really got to take uh, acknowledgement to him because, look, it's not an easy task when you come in as the uh, the, the foundation coach of any any club. Well, you're not. it's like starting a, a rebuilding like a North Melbourne or a Melbourne years ago. You, you're not going to win. But You're not going to win the reality is it opens up now all the possibilities for this club to grow and to become a stronger club. So now what happens is you pass the baton on and you just widen up all the different angles. You can go out and really search for what is next for this club and take the next progressive steps. And they'll have to identify, do they want a, a playing coach? Do they really want to go out and get an experienced coach that's perhaps been in this competition for a long period of time? Will they bring someone in from the outside? What is the best fit for their club? And I think they'll sit down, they'll have a good discussion about it, like any club who you know strategically plans, and they'll come up with the right method and and strategy that they think will take their club forward over the next three to five years. So I think it's um, a good time for their club to start thinking of that because they obviously have ambitions and desire to, to go higher. Yeah, absolutely. So right under Mark, but it looks like a, a comfortable silver win on the weekend. The last one is Churnsop Park and Forest Hill. Blake, maybe the Zebras? Like yeah. I, it's unlikely, but not, you know, their, their current form and their, their form against Churnsop this year makes me think it's very unlikely, but... They could do it, and it's Justin Zaklooner as well. He's winding up at the end of the season as well. So Forrest Hill and Justin, you know, they've decided to, to end to things. But he's been, yeah, he's been there for a long, long time since coming from Knox. He's been assistant coach, coach, obviously a player. Um, from all reports, helped uh, an enormous amount off-field as well. So, uh, well done to Justin. Um, maybe that might be the push, Blake, that gets them to hit finals yeah, or, or get to finals, first of all, but get a win against a side like Chantwood? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's for both sides, I reckon, because if Forest Hill win, they can, you know, pretty much it would say lock in fifth spot or fourth um, spot, sorry. I think it's something like that, yeah. Oh, it would give them the upper hand because yeah. they do, then do have to play Kilsyth, but, it would, yeah, it would definitely help them. Yeah, and also Chantwood want to lock in that top two or three. I think they're yeah. pretty much safe, but yeah. they, want, they want to keep winning. Yeah, because... Yeah, um, Momentum, as I said, touched on before. It's yeah. very, very crucial. Especially for sides yeah. like Churnside and Surrey and Sylvan now, it's it's not about necessarily winning. It's about playing yeah. the footy you want to play before finals. Because, yeah. like I said, like you're saying, only a month, four weeks until that first final, you want to you want to hit it in the right form. And, and you want to get your right team as well. Like You, you want to be injury-free, you would say, as well. And um, definitely for sure. I think, it's a, I think it's a big game. Like, you know, I think... Oh, I need you to a, tip a, someone, Blake. It's, it's a hard one. Like, you know, as a hunch. I've got the, got the hunch here. A hunch? You're going with your hunch? Come yeah, on. I love um, a hunch. Oh, come on. Chance on. Chance on. I think we all yeah. agree. Yeah, uh, Chance uh, Park. Yeah. Forrest yeah. Hill's form has been pretty poor, but I like it. He almost got there, didn't he? He was building yeah. himself right, right up, Loki, and then he decided to handball off to the runner. Yeah. He didn't want to take the shot. <laughs> up to Premier Division now, we, we swan up. Um, we'll do the Oracle at the end. North Ringwood and Vermont. Zach Quamby, Josh. Vermont haven't won in seven mm. games and are playing the kids. You watch the highlights of their last two games. It is a very different-looking Vermont. There are kids running around everywhere. It's pretty much a very good under-19 side with Lockie Johns, Alex Greenwood, and a couple others running around. So um, uh, 
so it's now or never for the Saints. Sort of lost my train of thought there. Yeah. But like, this is it. They don't win this one. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it definitely won't. It, it, it from the looks of things, I don't recognise this Vermont side to be honest. But you know, yeah, as you said, Johns, Mason Hawkins, and Alex Greenwood. The crucial in for for the Eagles, though, Matt Arnott. He comes back into the lineup. He'll he missed he missed well just the last last two weeks, I think. So yep. yeah, he's um. He'll add a bit more to that midfield, a bit more grunt, and yeah, a big a big in, I reckon, for the Eagles, Blake. Yeah, you, you touched on it before, but a very like it's it's unheard of seeing Vermont. Mm. Yeah, they don't have. Oh, no, well, sorry, Josh, who's going to win? Ah, oh. uh, I got a hunch on North Ringwood, but I'm not. I'm going to do what Blake did okay, before. So you're I'm going to go Vermont. Sorry, yeah. Blake, carry on. Yeah, back to what Josh was saying. Like it's it's a very strange looking Vermont. Like you think? Yeah. I think someone was telling me they had 18 plays like with injury or something like that. I think it's around oh, that, like 18 geez. plays or something like that. So like no Ross. Like both Rosses are out. Um, no, Anger, I don't know what Anger's Anger, no, Anger, no. yeah. So it, it, it's a completely different Vermont. It's like, you know, it's 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 weird. Like a weird feeling seeing Vermont mm. not being the dominant team as we've seen for like, you know, probably the last oh, seven years, you would say, or even yeah. more. Like, I think guards... Uh, the, the leaders put out a thing saying Vermont on the brink of uh, missing out finals since 2011. No, it's not, it's not the brink. They're missing finals. They it, yeah. like, they're not going to yeah. make. Like you watch it. Like you, it's not just the maths. You watch. You watch them play. Yep. It, it is three or four blokes that are probably in the top ten players in the comp. Definitely in Johns and Greenwood and Joey Fisher when he runs around is 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 obviously a very highly rated football spider. But the rest is it's quite literally it'd be an under twenty ones team. And, and that's the difference. Like Doncaster last week, in terms of probably talent, they probably got footballing talent. Might have Doncaster covered, but it was experience and, and just strength in your body. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is that it's a transition time for the, for Vermont, whether they like it or whether they don't. I, I think this strikes me as they weren't prepared for – obviously no one can prepare for, if Blake's correct, 18 injuries. Well, but, but they don't strike me as they were prepared for the transition. I no, thought they, 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 I thought they been, could – I think they thought they could pull off maybe a, a lower end of the six. Yeah, but obviously and, injuries. And so. I think what's happened is this goes back to when they won the premiership back in 2019. And obviously we've had the two years of pandemic – and they probably didn't plan beyond that. They probably just felt that they could travel smoothly, get through the period of time, and then they'll be able to bring some and develop some more players. But unfortunately, players have left, you know, younger players. Yeah, well, have and you can't play to other can clubs because they want opportunity. And Vermont has always been a club where if you're not getting that opportunity, you're going to look elsewhere. So the reality of that is now that. Vermont is not always going to be that necessary destination club at the moment because there are other clubs that are doing just as much in development, you know, phases. I think the only thing that I think is Vermont aren't Vermont, so I don't think, uh, like I said, they're going to miss finals here. I I don't think they'll be down for too long just because they're Vermont. It might just be a couple of seasons where they might do some tweaking, there'll be some reshuffling, and who knows, it might even be a coaching change might even be some restructure with some players. But, uh, and there might even be some um, you know, players that come and retire and they might move around a little bit. But I think it's just from a long-term point of view, trying to get the nucleus of those young players playing some games together so that they can bring this next wave through to be competitive once more. But tips, we all tipping Vermont? Vermont yep. will win, <laughs> yeah, will win this game, yeah. but I think North Ringwood will push them for majority afternoon. Around about 20 points, Vermont. 
There you go. Yeah. Okay. Kind of greedy dev uh, spider. Yep. Good man, Blake. That'll mean a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other games, Berwick and Noble Park was a thriller last time they played at Edwin Flack, but it's completely different Berwick side. They're very, very young. They look very tired, Josh, and they're playing a Noble team that have just got their eyes on the prize. From all reports, Clint Evans is going to send a couple of youngsters to Martin and Sketcher and has told the boys, bring your notepads. Let's learn from two of the best in the comp. <laughs> They've also got a handy inclusion, Noble Park. Luke Nelson's back into the lineup. Coburg have the buy in yep. the VFL. Well, is he your so, one back in too? Yeah, and... I saw Luke Nelson last week at Piranha Park. He's going to add a lot to that forward line. He's just... He played Queen's Birthday, probably one of his quieter days, but he, when he gets it, you can see the, yeah, the talent. Yeah, he's, he's got heaps of talent. He'll, he'll create a bit of a buzz up forward because he was just... He was very exciting to see, to see in that Coburg forward line last week, and I'm sure it's going to be no different, and in midfield too, but mostly up forward, so... He's going to add a lot to an already strong Noble Park side. Yeah, we're all going Noble Park there. Good to see Travis Tuck uh, back into the side, though, for Berwick after a lengthy layoff uh, following concussion. Doncaster, Eastern Doncaster. Um, uh, the, the Lions have actually got a really good chance. Blake are getting second spot with their run home and Rovals will have to play ball in a Noble Park. Again, you know, if they can win all their games or, or win four out of the five, they will be a good chance to get the double chance. Um but they're playing a Doncaster side who have been playing some pretty good football in recent times. They've got five wins so far this year. They'll probably be targeting one or two more. Um, and it's at Zerbies, which, although being Doncaster East ground, actually probably suits Doncaster's style of play better. Yeah, it's definitely the, the rivalry game in Premier, that's for sure. Both both teams, you know, knocking on each other, you would say. But uh, as it's such a format, yeah, Doncaster being really good touch, you would say, that's for sure. And that, as well as Doncaster East, like to knock off Rover and all that, you know. That couple, Interesting. Yeah. I just want to, sorry, Kate, uh, interestingly, so you'll note that those looking at teams, there's six named on the bench for Doncaster. And Jake Spencer, Mark Jammer, and Chris Anarkis are all named, despite all of them, I'm pretty sure, going down with injuries in the first quarter of the game last week against Vermont. So I would be surprised. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if all funny three buggers. of those play. Probably yeah, buggers. a bit of funny yeah. buggers. Yeah, we love a bit of that. But are Doncaster East going to win? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Home yeah. grand advantage. Yeah, comfortably for them. No Simon White, no Mitchell Ryan, but they'll still win pretty comfortably. Uh, and like I said, they're a smoky for that, that second spot. Uh, Ball and host Norwood. Ball need to start getting ruthless, Swider, because they can't afford any more slip-ups if they want the double chance. But also, you, you want to avoid playing that 4v5 eliminator. You don't want to be up against the South Croydon uh, in that first week of elimination finals. But they're playing a Norwood side who have got Lockie Dixon back from Europe, so who knows how long it'll take him to to get into form. But Blake Pearson was back last week. Jason Sparrow's back. He was their leading goal kicker last year. Their team, you look at Norwood's selected side, it's looking a lot better. Um, so a danger game for Bourne because they, they've been wobbly. Yeah, look, it's been, it is a danger game. Bourne have been wobbly, absolutely. They've, they haven't been able to really put consistent quarters together. Four-quarter performances have been very uh, far between for them. So Rocket would be very uh, frustrated with that. He really needs a, a solid performance for his, for, from his team. I think the, the key to board is the way that they start the game. If they can start with a high level of intensity and method and the intention and that they want to score and, and, and build a big day, then they're going to be very hard to beat. But if they just leave that door open for Norwood and keep them interested throughout the course of the afternoon, then it certainly could uh, pose a problem for them. And with those players returning to the side, you know, Norwood you know, will certainly you know, provide some nuisance value throughout the course of the afternoon. I must say I'm a little bit surprised that uh, Norwood have re- reappointed um, Marty Pascal. I'm not sure whether from a directional point of view from long term that's uh, 
Where um, did you read that? Um, I'm hearing that, that that's going to be the uh, that's what's going to happen. So um, why 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 do you say you're surprised? Oh, I just think that from he's been there for a period of time now. And I just get the feeling so he's been they, there for three years. Yeah, three years is about the. They the finished. Limits. They finished sixth on percentage in 2019. They finished third last year before finals were cancelled, and and this year, like Vermont. Had a lot of injuries. Yeah, I'm just not sure if he. I just I get the feeling with Marty that it's the game style, but also his his message seems to be not getting through. And I'm just I'm starting to think: is it another voice that needs to come in and take this group and grab it, similar to what Dennis Knight had five, six, Dennis, seven years Dennis ago? Dennis Knight did very, very well, but he had a no salary cap and he had some of the I know best players of a generation. I know, so. but but I, I just think for this group to take another step, does it need someone else to take it with them? Because I, th- I think you've got to give them another year. That like They probably should have made final in 2019. I, they, I think they know that they lost certain games. Last year they finished third. This year they added players and then injuries and, like I said, a couple of people been on holidays. Um, I think you've got to give at least one more year. They, they've handled the challenges pretty well. they they don't have 19, it's the first time in a long time, Norwood. So that's, you know. But so. that, well, that's an area that they've got to definitely work on. But in relation to this game, I think, look, they've certainly got a, a chance if they start well. But if they have those little quiet periods in games. Then oh, Baldwin are going to win. Get, oh, oh, sorry, in, term, in terms of tips, Baldwin are going to win. I think yeah, Baldwin yeah. will start to click. They're still my premiership uh, tip. Uh, as much as I think Noble are the power ranking number one, obviously first and ladder and everything, I think Bourne is still my tip. I said it at the start of the year, Josh, yep. and I'm not going to back down. So of course not. <laughs> i got, got to stick by Bourne because you look at their team this week, uh, Caden Schreiber returns, mm. so the teams are starting to look really good. It'll be interesting to see how many players decide to stick with their VFL clubs for the full journey or, and how many decide to come back to Bourne because it's about that time, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I know. That's what I mean. Yeah. So Sam Lawson, I think, from the East Ringwood people, told me that he's going to decide to play with East Ringwood. But yeah. for South Croydon, unfortunately for them, Adam Swizbolek, who they were hoping to get some games out of this year to allow Max King to play as a forward, he's played too many games for Coburg. So it's about that well, time when yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but like he'll be, he'll play yeah. for Murabak, won't he? Yeah, I mean, he's played enough yeah. games for Murabak. He has, yeah. he'll be able to choose. So it's yeah. around that time. So it'll be interesting to see how many Baldwin players decide to stick with Ballin for the final series or how many want to play the full VFL season? That, that's a big one as well for East Brent. We'll have a Lawson. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I mean. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's a big we've, one. We've done it. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. It's very, very big for them, Blake. Uh, Park Orchards. Oh, we're all going Ballin? Yeah. Yep. 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 Sorry. Ball, sorry. Yep. Park Orchards Roval. I think it's a shootout happening here, Blake. It was 130 to 110 last time. Um, Dominey Reserve. People... Not not a massive ground. It's a high-scoring ground, I think. Roval will be keen to get back on the horse. And Park Orchards, they're young. They like to have shots at goal. They, they go forwards, and they're a good team at home. So I think Roval will win, but I think it'll be exciting. Yeah, I'm actually calling it the upset. I the hunch? That, yeah. You're backing it in. Yeah, I, I reckon Park Orchards. Uh, you know, obviously last Well, week- in terms of ins and outs, they've recalled Dennis Armfield, but they've also lost Kane Keppel. He's out for two weeks. Matt George is out as well. Yeah, I still I still think uh, Park Orchards. Uh, with Prosenak, I think he he he's back. Yes, is that, uh, is that confirmed? No, I think Prosenak. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's done for the year. And yeah. he does a hamstring a lot, Michael Prosenak. Yeah. Something he's a physio by trade, so he's he should, he should know the problem. <laughs> Just in terms of Ver, uh, Roville, though, they've brought back Mitchell Shrook, Maverick Taylor, Mark Seedsman, Matthew Evans, and Alex Frawley. Well, Shrook played at Box Hill yeah. last week. Uh, a big inclusion for him. Yeah. I think the whole ground. So you're going to go Park Orchards. Yeah. They have rolled Donny East yeah. at, at Park Orchards, and they almost beat Seth Corrin. So I can see where the hunch yeah. is coming from. Anyone jumping on with Blakey? 
Spider, no, Spider's going to say no. Comfortably. Josh is saying no. All right, we get so Roval there. I like it though. I like it, Blake. I like a man who comes out on his hunch. There, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of hunches here today. Hey, well, <laughs> Spider never has a hunch. I do. I've had, <laughs> a, couple never of had a hunch. <laughs> I've had a couple of hunches. All right, South Croydon Blackburn's the last one. This is a really big game. Uh, obviously, Anzac Day early in the year, South Croydon won that game, but there was just sort of moments. Max King's ruck work, and they kicked three mm. or four goals in a surge in that third quarter, and and started a lot better than Blackburn did. But Blackburn have been in really good form. Josh, in recent weeks, the win over Baldwin was obviously the crowning achievement of their, of their little run, but they're, they're starting to hit the scoreboard more. Uh, they're now safe in six, that would seem, unless they absolutely balls it up from here. Um, but South Croydon are getting players back as well. Um, Swiss Bollock, as I mentioned, their Kobeka got the yep. bye, so he's going to play this week, but that'll probably be his only game. Jordan Pollard returns um, for them as well, who's a, a mid-season pickup. So this is going to be a really, really interesting game. I this, think this is um, going to be a massive. A game. lot of ins for Blackburn. Nick Gray is back. Uh, Tyler Faulkner is back. Um, Liam Patterson, but Jack's Rough's Edge, Matthew Bartlett, Bartlett Blake Talamburis, uh, and Connor Hinckley are out. But it's interesting because Blackburn, I, I thought they were just going to be making up the numbers, but their recent win over Ball indicates that they're not mm-hmm. going to be. Ryan Bathy's hitting some form. Um, if, goals if they could, he's yeah. kicked 12 in two good. weeks. And if, he, yeah. if they win this one, Josh. All of a sudden, they're the team you don't want to play in finals. I think this is probably the third biggest game of of the weekend, actually, just because... What are you ranking? Who, what are your uh, biggest games? Probably Mitchum and Montrose, I reckon, is second biggest. Yeah. And then you've got Mulgrave, Templestowe okay. okay. at the top. Yep. So, um, Because, yeah, it, it'll decide who finishes in that fifth spot, I reckon, both of... I reckon... What, is it, has Seth Gordon got a six-point gap or... Uh, two-point gap. Two-point gap. Only half a point. Well, half a game go, between absolutely. them. So... Yes, it's pretty well. South Croydon, obviously, it's obviously at South Croydon because they've got all their games at home. But both have similar runs home, you know. South Croydon, their last four weeks, Berwick, Vermont, Doncaster, Norwood, all four winnable games. Well, whilst Blackburn have a slightly tougher run, Doncaster East, Berwick, Park Orchards and Vermont, all four games are still pretty winnable, especially in recent weeks, given... How good they've been. So if Blackburn win their remaining five games, they'll finish fifth. Yeah, is I reckon. What you're saying. I, well, they'll probably finish fourth, to be fair. But yeah, yeah, I, I think. I mean, it could, they could drop. They could drop down into sixth if they do lose to Doncaster East, which basically well, they're in sixth now. I think they're going to finish sixth. But I, I like you. I like that you're bringing an argument yeah, to the but, table. So, um, do you think they're going to win? Because uh, I, I do have big, a hunch on them as well. You've got I'm a hunch. backing my. I'm backing my hunch in this case. I, I think. They're a much improved side since Anzac Day, and, and yeah. they showed that well, against Baldwin. well against Baldwin. And whilst they're only won by thirty eight points against well, and clearly an improved North Wood side, they're still a really, well. They're scoring more, I think. They're scoring a lot more, and I think they can ta- they can take it up to to a South Korean, and, and they should be able to score against a team that's. Like we said a few times, they're, they're the second leakiest defence in the comp behind North Ringwood South yeah. Korean. Swiss Bolick coming back in though, Blake means that we might see. It'll be interesting to see where Max King plays because mm. they they like him as a forward. Him and Wilson will be very hard to match up on. Yeah. But Swiss Bollock's not going to play. So do, what do you do? Like, do, do you play Swiss Bollock in the ruck to just win this game and play what you think's your best twenty-two, or do you keep Max as the number one ruckman, given he's going to have to be come finals yeah, time? Yeah, but I, I think on Ed's like they kick five, didn't he? Or nah, three. Yeah. three quickly, and then they. Yeah. But then they admit, Marcus Bazaglo admitted that they kept him. At full forward too long, and it let Blackburn yeah. back into the game. Yeah, it, it's a hard one, but you know it's going to have a 
you know, I reckon Buzz will have a couple of coaching nightmares and where where to play Max King and also um, I, I can't pronounce that last Swiss Bolek. Swiss Bolek. And I'm not even confident, but that's yeah. what I'm going with. I think yeah. it is Swiss Bolek, yeah. I think what you could do is uh, rotate. One well, no, I, I'm sure they will, but I'm yeah. saying who's the number yeah. one? Because it, Swiss if, if Swiss Bolek played every – if Swiss Bolek was available for the rest of the yeah, season, yeah. he would be the number one, but he's not th- going to be. I think no matter what, you've got to play Swiss Bolek number so one. So you're just winning this game and then Max will play Ruck for the yeah. finals. Yeah, he'll play Ruck for finals. Yeah, I think Swiss Bolek has been terrific in Ruck for Coburg all year as well. So, so, yeah. so, you, so you would go number one Ruck because we're going to just win this game and we'll yeah. worry about the finals later. Yeah, I yeah. think – you got to play. You got to play him at Ruck, the position he's best suited for. I don't think he, he from what I saw as well last week, he didn't look like he didn't play too much forward. He played right. mostly okay. Ruck. So I, I don't, I don't think Marcus Bazaglo should play him as a forward. He should be playing more as a Ruck. Okay, yeah. and, and also f- for Wilson's sake as well. Like now, like Blackburn would obviously have the twin towers down there. You would expect with Wilson and with King as well. It's going to be a hard day as well for Blackbird defenders. Who who do you choose? Well, like, and Tom yeah. Sheridan kicked four goals last week. Yeah. He can take it yeah. out. Well, Sheridan's yeah. had a good year. Really, yeah, he's a good player. When he, he's a good player. And Kilpatrick's just playing some really good footy as oh, well. Oh, Kilpatrick's an absolute star. He's, and don't forget he's averaging about 35 touches and a goal and a half a game. And don't forget one about, about one of your best Oh, the Wombat. Quotes, the Wombat. No, the Wombat. Yeah, you've, got to, you've got to put some time into the Wombat. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing, Josh. He's an absolute star of the competition, the Wombat. Yeah, I know, I know but it just... You just you find the name Wombat funny, do you? Yeah, the okay. nickname, the Wombat. Pretty um, yeah. So, Josh, you're going with Blackburn. You're backing your hunch. Yeah, I'm okay. backing my hunch. Uh, I could South Croydon. I think uh, last week we saw that they absolutely kicked goals. Yeah. You know, straight. Yeah, pretty much there. And this cost yeah. their best team. Yeah, definitely sure. And the week, yeah, following week, yeah, South Croydon. Yeah, hard to go past South Croydon. I think that this team is pretty much close to their their strongest for the year. I'll I'll stick with them. Right. I I'm also going to go South Croydon, but. I think it'll be it'll be a close run thing, and it'll just be interesting to see what Buzz does. I, I sort of agree with you, Josh, that you just win this game because it's an important yep. game. Um, but also, a little bit of me is sort of thinking: do you do you just keep things how they're going to be come finals time? But you've got to make the finals first mm. uh, to think about that. Um, let's go into the Oracle. We'll start oh. in Division Four. So the Oracle Sylvan winners by about ninety points. Seventy, uh, sorry, yep. eighty to ninety points. That's Tick. Blake's giving it the big tick again. Audio medium, Blake. Audio <laughs> medium. We don't have, we don't have a, a camera in here yet. Yep. Uh, Sorry, Park got Sorry, Park winning by 50 points, Josh. So I think he's been generous to the Panthers, but... No, he's not. Uh, you, are you, you're backing in a 50-point win. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, okay. I wouldn't be surprised. Keep that one on your diary, Kilsyth fans. Uh, Churnside Park Forest still Churnside by about 50 points. So results going as we expect, but I think the Kilsyth Surrey Park will be a lot closer. Up into Premier Division, got Baldwin winning by 21 points over Norwood. Norwood, a much stronger side this week, so I can see that one. But yes, I think Baldwin will win. Uh, Doncaster East to beat Doncaster by five goals. I think we can all agree with that one. Vermont by six points over North Ringwood in a low-scoring one. You know, I think this is genuinely one to keep an eye on just because of how young Vermont are. Noble Park to beat Berwick handily by 10 goals. Uh, Park Orchards by four points over Oville. So you've got a friend, Blake. You've got a friend in the hunch game, yep. the Oracle. Yep. The mysterious Oracle on your side. And South Croydon, Blackburn. Blackburn 106, South Croydon 94, Josh. So the Oracle's with your hunch as well in a high-scoring one. And shootout. I'll tell you what, that'd be a great game of football. It would <laughs> rival last week's East Ring and Rulebark game. I have to say, there's a couple of great games of footy this weekend. I'm looking forward to... Just 
on the, on the scoreline. Just well, you are going to be in the score centre. I'll have my hands full, definitely for sure. Uh, yeah. Blake, before we go, you had you wanted to do a bit of publicity yeah, for, the, yeah. for the Trolls? Yeah, um, if you're not doing anything Saturday night, um, get down to the home of footy, Montrose Football Club or Montrose Recreation Reserve. We've got a band night. Who's playing? The Escape. Never uh, heard of them. Yeah, they've been really good. Apparently, from reports, they're really good. You heard of them? Yeah, uh, I haven't heard of them. But <laughs> from what I've been told, what I've been told, really good. Uh, Fifty dollars per ticket, but there's a but. From seven thirty to about nine o'clock, I extended it. I actually extended Happy it. So, uh, free, free alcohol, free food. So if you think about it, that's pretty handy. Right, there so you get go. Down. There you go. If anyone else wants to do their own ads uh, on the weekend forecast, just uh, send me an email info at efnl.org.au. Uh, Spider, Blake, Josh, thanks very much for joining on the weekend forecast. Enjoy the footy. Got through the Acosta Harvey tackle. Took a few paces and then speared it to Loda McCormack. He's been good all day, Billy. Started the day with an almost hanger. Kick the check side for right in front of us. Billy can make it. He can make a name for himself. Billy, don't be a hero. Oh, I think they want him to be one now, but 15 metres out. Billy McCormack's kicked it. Oh, you'll be in front. 20.